Welcome to episode 39 of No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast. Michael O'Brien from the Sun-Times here with Joe Henriksen of the City Suburban Hoops Report. And we are knee-deep in playoff action. we got the sectional semis and the sectional finals coming up this week. A um, lot of action last week, and we're going to jump right into your questions to start off this episode. How's it going, Joe? Good. It's amazing that there's literally... Well, no, there's, yeah, two weeks. Two weeks, yeah, that's it. Two weeks left in this high school basketball season. I'm going to make my first trip to, uh, I think, ever. I have a horrible memory, but I'm pretty sure I've never gone to the small school. Um, State tournament? Yeah. You're going? Yeah, I have to. And, you know, I must have gone one of those hails. That can't be true. I had to go when Nate and Manoy and them won, right? I, I'm gonna I would. F- yeah. yeah. I must yeah. have. You had to have gone. Yeah. Um, anyway, my first time in, time in a long time. I'll be down there on Saturday. Um, we'll definitely have a Chicago team in 2A and most likely in 1A. So I'm going to get an extra day in Peoria this uh, spring. How exciting is that? Some 1A action. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I'm even going to, if Newark is, the, if all I've got is Newark, I'm still going to cover it. They're technically in our coverage area and it'll be so Newark. So if time. Newark makes it, Newark, Leo. Yes. And then they Aurora Christian. Yep. And Hales. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, or, or I mean. Yeah. So it'd be, they could have four Chicago area teams in the 1A, 2A. How about that? The, the, the excitement would know no bounds. I can't wait until the state tournament. Well, if they win, I can't wait until the state tournament sees Orr's yellow uniforms. <laughs> 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 they are the most shocking, wild thing I've ever seen in my life, and they're kind of fun. Um, all right, uh, questions. First one is kind of long, but it's um, a sad yet important topic. It is from, hold on here. Uh, sorry about that. It's from Doug. He says, uh, hi. So from a few weeks ago, that he mentioned this on Twitter a few weeks ago. He says, where is the state of reporting on prep hoops going, and how does the lack of warm bodies being paid by traditional media and the resultant move to social media platform reporting impact the scene and quality of media coverage? I worry that the less traditional means of coverage may decrease overall interest in the game, though perhaps not with the younger crowd who may actually be more attuned to social media. But there again, my concern is that the reporting is not of similar quality. I've covered prep sports for a living in a past life as a part-timer, and maybe I see a niche for guys like me who might be interested in covering prep basketball independently with their own startup sites. Is that a way you eventually see most, if not all, coverage going? I think his point's well taken that the lack of coverage definitely hurts the sport in a lot of different ways. And I, well, you would answer probably better, but I, I don't know if it's going to get any better ever, ever get better in that regard. Yeah, the only way it gets better is if you start paying for it. And that's really the only hope. I mean, the Sun-Times, you know, where I work, has always held prep sports pretty close to its heart and was proud of its coverage. And the sad state of affairs that we're in right now is simply the result of having no money. Um, I get a lot of angry emails almost every day. Um people realize scores aren't in or this about girls basketball isn't in or blah, blah, blah. And I mean, there's not much I can really say. It's sort of a miracle that I'm still employed there. If you really pay attention to sometimes coverage, we have a part-timer, one part-time person doing all colleges. 
and they actually have a full-timer, me, doing high schools. So they're covering high schools better than they are colleges at this point. So in a way, I'm lucky we have what we have. But, I mean, to Doug's point, yeah, until people start paying for coverage and prove that they will pay for high school sports coverage, things aren't going to get better. And it's really sad right now. Hales, Franciscan, we just talked about, who might wind up at State, as far as I'm aware, hasn't been covered by anyone a single game all year. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean... You know, you know where you need to go? Where? Hawaii. Just had a friend move there, said that the high school prep coverage is insane. TV and print, Hawaii is the place to go. I'm pretty sure my wife would be okay with Hawaii. <laughs> that's uh, that, huh? That's interesting. Um, uh, he gave me the he gave me the even even prep baseball. I mean, football is huge there, but yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's like Phillips. They just gave St. Joe's a heck of a scare. There are so the Chicago. It, the situation's way worse in Chicago than everywhere else. The suburb suburban schools still have papers out there generally that are covering them. Maybe not to the extent they used to. Um, Herald News, you know, I don't think they're at every single thing they used to be, but they're still at a lot. But in Chicago, it's totally dismal. And a lot of them are the shell. Even those are a shell of what they used to be. Yeah. Oh, I mean, d- those papers. I yeah. mean, the coverage. It's bad. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's Just listen to the podcast. Sad. Yeah, that's, that's all we've got. Um, next up, Kevin McNulty says he loves the show. He says, as a Deerfield student, I want to know your thoughts on Deerfield's chances of winning the sectional. I have been a Deerfield fan pretty much from the get-go. I, I, I liked this team. I liked their potential. I liked their moxie. I liked the the cohesiveness and chemistry they had going with a lead guard in Jordan Baum who kind of sets the tone and makes everybody better. I don't see them winning the sectional, but I would not be shocked if they won the sectional. I have not. I, I saw Deerfield once this year at Waukegan, maybe in December. I'm thinking early in the year. Uh, they won the game. They beat Waukegan. I didn't see it. I didn't really get why they were going to be good. <laughs> I didn't have a lot of confidence. And I mean, that was early in the year before I realized that every just how frankly bad most teams were going to be. So maybe that influences right. that's, that's, a little. That is a big part of it. Yeah. Um. However, I'm. I guess I'm a little bit more. Uh, into Deerfield's chances to win this sectional than you are. I mean, Stevenson, you don't know what you're going to... They're, they're playing better, but you still don't know what you're going to get from them on a night-to-night basis. And then they could wind up with the team they beat a couple weeks ago, Evanston. So I, I think they've got a really nice chance. Stevenson's been pretty consistent over the last month, for the most part. Yeah, they have. They drilled Maine South. They drilled Highland Park. They they obviously have the best, biggest talent in the sectional in Justin Smith. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... I, Deerfield is just a team that I just think they got a little bit of that March mojo going. Yeah, they, they seem they, to. I they mean, beat Evanston. Yeah, uh, I, I like they come them back and beat Deer and Lake Forest in the dramatic fashion. All that just just builds up, man. So that's why I give them a chance. Like I said, I don't think they're going to win it, but it would not shock me if if Deerfield, especially in this season of what we've seen, if they did get through. Yeah, it would be exciting. I mean, Stevenson, I've just seen them play poorly for long stretches in multiple games this year, so it just I just don't have a lot and of And plus, that's the only sectional where in the 4A that all four of the top seeds are still alive. So they're not going to run into a, you know, a seven seed or somewhere down the road. They're going to have to beat, you know, 
two of the top four teams, no matter what. Uh, next question is from Seth Pote, who I believe has asked a question or two before. He says, hey, guys, I have a recruiting question this week. At the Andrew Regional last week, I saw both Oswego forward Bryce Robinson and Oswego East guard Stefan Harris and was impressed by both. What can you tell me about them recruiting-wise? Harris seems to be a pretty good athlete with potential, and I imagine he will get some kind of D1 interest. Is Robinson getting any low D1 looks? He seemed to do it all for his Panthers team. Yeah, it's no and no to the D- Division One. I. I mean, Stephen Harris is a big, rugged – he sat out all last year. Uh, so, no, he hasn't got a whole lot of interest going. Bryce Robinson has no – he doesn't even have any Division Two offers at this point. He's been on campus at Lewis University. He's just recently visited Illinois Wesleyan. He's a highly coveted uh, Division Three, high-level Division Three prospect right now with some Division Twos and NAIAs still poking around, taking a look. But he does not have an offer yet right now. All right. That's it for the mailbag. Uh, all cleared out. Time to do uh, our two takes. Uh, do you want to go first, Joe? Two takes, yeah. Yeah. If- First one is just in regard to my take is we have so few big men that dominate high school basketball right now, really in all of basketball. But in Illinois right now, we've got two teams who have, I don't know if they've definitely have surpassed or not, but Barrett Benson, the Northwestern recruit at Hinsdale South, six foot 10 big man, he's putting up consistently huge numbers. And at this level, they should. I mean, they're a six foot ten Big Ten recruit in high school basketball. Should put up big numbers, but he's also led them now to a sectional semifinal berth, where they will play Bennett Academy, which is a big mismatch. Uh, Bennett, no size. Barrett Benson, as I said, six foot ten on the true on the block player, and then Cameron Crutwig of Jacobs, who I got to see last week against Larkin in a section or a regional semifinal. He has just been off the charts in their two regional games. I love the kid. He's versatile, and a lot of things go through him, and he makes that team and all these secondary players so much better because he is a phenomenal passer in the low post. He's crafty. He's skilled, high IQ. So these two big men in a, in the, in a rare, you know, time where we don't have big men dominating are doing just that. And they've gotten their teams into the sectional. So just a little bit different type of look from in, from those two teams and those two big men. Um, yeah, Crutwig was very good. And the one time I saw him this year, as was Pischke, when I went out to the northwest suburbs, we should little rest in peace to Adam Pischke's high school career, which is over. It was fun while it lasted. Um, my uh, first take, going to whine a little. <laughs> about the uh i'm gonna whine a little bit, a bit about the state tournament format nobody's ever done that before um and you know i was thinking the, the it all comes from the crowd on friday night um at my game at saint ignatius it was riverside brookfield against proviso east at saint ignatius um you know not a this is obviously there are plenty of regionals that were much further away from the school's they were held much further away from the schools that were playing in them. Um, it's not like it's that far to come in from Brookfield or from Maywood into St. Ignatius. But still, the crowd, you know, it wasn't a bad crowd. RB students came, but it was far from what it should have been for a game of that magnitude. And I know, Joe, you were at um, Thornton 
Which, yeah, it's, it's funny. I I, te- I remember texting you, Bloom Thornton, crowd terrible. Although I realized half of them were outside when the game started off because of this ridiculous line. And it, but you know, I, I was disappointed overall in the. I mean, you got two South suburban. You know, two hot teams playing in a regional final with some old, old traditions and ties and a great gym and basketball community. And, and it was loud. It was exciting. It was a great game. It was intense. The crowd was intense. But I just expected that gym to be close to being full. Uh, maybe not sold out, but, you know, I was walking out with some Thornton fans, some old school people uh, that had been around for years. And they were just talking about how, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't even be able to get into the gym for that game. Yeah. And here you just kind of walk up 10 minutes before the game, buy a ticket. So maybe that's disproving what I'm going to say because it was a home game for Thornton. But Thornton's been strange the past few years. I was at the regional final last year, and the crowd was dismal. Um, I think Ty Streets has blown some life back into that program. But I think it's – Yeah. It, it wasn't dismal. It was just not what I expected. So it's better. But earlier in the week, I was out at Manuka. And they brought a very, very... The gym wasn't sold out, but it was packed um, to see the Manuka-Romeoville um, game. You know, not even a... Well, it wasn't supposed to be a hotly contested game since Manuka was the one seed. And I think everyone will agree that Manuka is far from a basketball hotbed. It's not like they're used to going to regional games there and back in the place. But still, it was a really good crowd. And a lot of them stuck around to see the, the second game as well. They did um, two in a row. And it just... I'm just so certain that we would be better off if the top four seeds hosted the regionals. Oh yeah. That's, that's been a, it's, I know everyone has said this. Yeah. I mean, it's so clear and obvious, Mike. Well, why can't we do this? I I don't understand. Well, I mean, you have to talk to the IHSA, (laughs) your boys down there. Yeah. I am on the Uh, media advisory committee this year. I mean, (laughs) it's, I understand. And this debate has been talked about. I mean, this used to be the case. I don't know how many years ago it's been. But there was a time where they did host. Yeah, probably longer than we realize now. Um, but, but yeah. you know, there there maybe has to be some parameters, I guess, in place. Possibly X amount of, you know, capacity that they must have. I don't know what that number would be. A thousand or. They held it at a Marshall. But I, 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 you know, I agree with you. The coaches agree with you. Nobody does doesn't. Disagree. I so, mean, I, I know people blamed the CPS. Like, that's when it changed, is when the public league came in. Right. But I mean, they held it at Marshall. That's not big. You know, it's fine. I don't. I don't think there's. A, I don't know of a CPS team that if they got a top four seed wouldn't want to host the regional. And, and they, if Bill Morgan Park that gym. Yeah, but I mean, if they're gonna host, if they're gonna hold it at Marshall, when they're not a top four seed, that's a, that's a small place. Then, well, some of their I, – I, I, I get confused. This is another topic. Some of their sectional sites over the years where they randomly play – I mean, you got to have enough seats, especially in the sectional, to, for these schools to enjoy it and yeah. these fans to enjoy it. I get that for uh, the sectional stuff, but, I mean, they're having regionals at small gyms now, so that doesn't, to me, really rate yeah. as a reason. Um, my, uh, my second take is and I, I wrote a little bit about it in my p- piece looking back my regional rewind this Thornton team is not I've seen them three times now since the holidays in, in the second half of the season they're, they're very good I, I think they've overachieved 
as opposed to they just have this pure talent. Sam Taylor has been terrific, uh, putting up big numbers. But what sets this team apart from a lot of teams I've seen that are in that upper echelon is just how hard they play. Thornton, I mean, and I think it's a direct reflection of Ty Streets, his persona, his intensity he brings. Just even watching some of his AAU teams back in the day, they just kind of play the way Ty Streets brings it on the sideline. And I'm sure in practice, and I'm sure in locker room speeches. And I think that's why Ty Streets, I think we had this discussion of coach of the year conversation, uh, you know, a month ago. And Ty Streets is right up there because of that. I think they are winning as overachievers, and it's a direct result of the hustle, the grit, and how hard this team plays. They're just relentless. They dive or lose balls. They they get in passing lanes. They just kind of create havoc, speed other teams up. And that's what Bloom. That's why Bloom did not win that game. They turned the ball over a lot in the first half, and they turned the ball over at the end of the game because of the havoc that Thornton created. And it's just nice to see a, a team that, pl- that that plays that way. Yes, they've got some talent. I mean, everybody that plays the hardest isn't always going to win. But it's nice to see a team that wins that way and, 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 and direct reflection again on tight streets. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do there over the next few years. I mean, a couple of their players – their seniors weren't even on the team last year. You know, he convinced them to come out because he needed some size, and they've had their moments. So it's definitely kind of a, a cobbled together group this year. Um, so with a whole, you know, off season, some time, you know, I'm sure he brought in some younger kids last year. It's going to be exciting to see how that goes, and and much needed in the south suburbs. Same thing at Bloom. You know, that was a, a just a great first year. Well, not a. I guess it wasn't a great whole first year for Dante Maddox. Great second half. But, yeah, he got it. He got that program going. He got some life back in bloom. He made Jamal Parks into the star. He always could have been, finally. So a really good first year for him. And if I was a Bloom fan, I'd be very excited about the future there as well. And it's great to see two traditional South Suburban programs kind of maybe turn a corner. Um, My second take... Wouldn't it be fun if Simeon lost <laughs> on a Tuesday or Friday? Um, Rob Smith knows I always like it when Simeon loses. This is not news to him because it's always a huge story when they go down. And it always does massive numbers on the website. And everybody cares. And it's a big deal. But I'm not even talking about that. This isn't for one game fun. This is just because I just feel like it would really open up Class 4A. And take what seems to be kind of the dull class this year. And make it exciting just because you would really have no clue who was going to come through that thing. You know, as good as Curie and Kenwood are, I just, because they haven't done it before, they just aren't, they don't seem as inevitable, you know, as Simeon might. So I just think that the best thing for 4A, as far as excitement over the next two weeks, would be if, if Simeon didn't make it. It's also, if they do, it kind of goes with what you're saying, if they do make it, and we do usually. I I I I would usually argue against this point because I I'd always say I want the best, best teams, teams in Peoria, yeah. and I want the best matchup in Peoria. But the best matchup this year in 4A, in, in terms of the two best teams, does nothing for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, I mean, if Simeon makes it, and then I'm just gonna say Kenwood Curie winner, that game does very little for me in, in excitement. I I. I 
I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's two public league teams playing in Peoria. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it would completely open things up. You, I mean, you're gonna get a sleep uh, a sleeper and I, mean, I should say sleeper and two sectionals for two super sectionals for sure uh, already because they're just not brand names. I guess Bennett kind of is, but uh, and then you know you'd get either Marion Catholic or Thornton or or whoever that might be up on the north. I, 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 you're exactly right. It would make it a little bit more intriguing. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, though. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the whole, all the other schools kind of breathe a sigh of relief and think, oh, man, we could actually do this. And I think that could lead to some fun play. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, Marion Catholic's got a ton of a ton of length. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup. On what kind of Tuesday crowd do you expect that one? A good one. Um, I mean, Mary Catholic playing in Chicago Heights. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think I think we had good crowds when last year when Simeon came to the South Suburbs. I think the South Suburban fans want to see Simeon. I think they're an interesting draw for them. So, yeah, so I would be I would be shocked if it's not. I don't know what Bloom holds. It probably holds about thirty five, three thousand, something like that. Yeah, um, it's got to be close to being full. I guess Talon Horton Tucker didn't play. I didn't know this. He did not play in the last two Simeon games. He's been nursing a bad ankle. He's expected back um, for the Tuesday Ooh, night game, but that's big. Yeah, especially against the the length of Marion Catholic. Uh, so we want to well, keep an eye on. Let's get some of the sectionals. Uh, get a little closer look. We'll examine a little, break them down. We're down to you know final four in each of these sectionals, and we'll start with four A, Mike, and um, the Fremd sectional has the biggest underdog left. The 13th seeded Hoffman Estates team, you know, playing Conant, a rivalry game. And then you've got Fremd and Lake Zurich. I mean, again, this is one of these opportunities. One of these teams has a legit shot of playing in Peoria. Yeah, you, you have to. If I, I like Lake Zurich. I liked him from the start in this one. They feel like one of those teams that's kind of got it this year. I know they they hit a bit of a rough patch. Um, they're going to have to beat Fremd on their home court, though. So that's not going to be easy. And Fremd's the one we kind of always kind of overlook. Yeah. Uh, although I, I love guard. You know, I just talked about Big Ben in my two takes, but I do love guards. I love lead guards. And Lake Zurich has a good one. And Nick Penny. And I like what Conant has. And Jimmy Soto is a really talented junior guard. That's why I think those two will, will get through and face off. And Lake Zurich was my pick to begin with. And I'll stick with Lake Zurich. And now with our, I mean, I know we talked about that sectional feeding into Rockford, and I had DeKalb playing in Peoria, and DeKalb went down in the regional final to Jacobs. So now all of a sudden, if you're just trying to pick a team to get to Peoria, I mean, these these four, I mean, take your pick. I think uh, uh, St. Charles East has got to be the favorite now, right? Well, I something else I just wrote about if you read it, I talked to a couple people who have watched Prairie Ridge, and I will admit I have not seen Prairie Ridge all season long, know very little about them. I didn't even see them during the summer, and I usually see everybody at least a couple times in the summer. And these two people uh, who are basketball people uh, who I trust say, I guess, is Prairie Ridge any good? Joe, they're pretty good. Uh, they, I guess they trap, they press all over. Uh, I mean, they're 24 and 3 
St. Charles East is hot, though. Yeah, St. Charles East has the most talent. Um, I did see Prairie Ridge this year. I saw them lose to Boylan. I wasn't covering it, but Ooh. I was there in the gym. That's and a good team. It was close for a while, but then... Then they get blown out? Yeah, it was close for, I think, the first half, and then they got destroyed in the second half. Um, I think it might have even been close to, like, a 20-point margin. I can't say I saw a whole lot there, although mm. it did... They beat um, Waukegan pretty significantly uh, late in the year. And that, you know, Waukegan's one of those teams, they don't have a great record, but they play everybody pretty close and then lose. And they took Waukegan down by 20. That was, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then they beat Grays Lake North again to end the year. So, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, wait, did they beat Jacobs too in the last game of the season. By 20. Yeah, by a big margin. So, so they've <laughs> they, obviously been playing right. well. And Jacobs looks, I mean, even though that was a recent loss, that Jacobs team that beat Larkin impressed me. Their guards are a little shaky, handling pressure, but they, they handle Larkin's pressure and quickness. And then I think they beat a very good DeKalb team. So, you know, it's playing well at the right time. And they're playing a Rockford-Auburn team that I saw at Christmas time, not the Rockford-Auburn team that we've seen in yeah. recent years by any means. So... You know, I, I I think the Prairie Ridge St. Charles East game's a toss up. I think probably Jacobs Auburn. I, I, it's hard to pick a team, but <sighs> see, I really like St. Charles East now. I mean, they've beaten the best teams the best team so far to get here. I think other than DeKalb, I guess. But yeah, that's a team we wouldn't have been surprised if they'd have had a really good season. You know, they just had all those injuries. Right, and I I had a bad taste the last sighting when I watched them lose to Glenbard West, but. Uh, I'm I, I'm gonna go. I'm going Prairie Ridge. Oh, <laughs> Joe picking the Fox Valley. I'm not sure that's. Ever I'm taking before. a team I've wow. never seen. Well, there you go. That's probably why you like them in this season. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah. But uh, I I do think the team that comes out of Fremd. I I just like Lake Zurich all year long for the competitive schedule they played. And I think they got a winner at that point guard spot. So I do you think? I mean, you're saying St. Charles East. I'd still say, yeah, I think it's going to be hilarious. So you got St. Charles East and Peoria. I yeah, for the second year in a row now. <laughs> All of a sudden, and that yeah. shows you the year that we're having because there's no question St. Charles East last year was better than this St. Charles East team, and it would be crazy to see St. Charles East losing the regional last year and then make it to Peoria this year. Yeah, I mean, Lake Zurich, St. Charles East, I, that could go either way. Um, I think any of these teams could win. Pretty, I think there's I mean, eight, yeah. eight teams, and it's going to produce a team to Peoria. The, the everyday fan of high school basketball and the traditionalists are going to be like, huh? But they but, could bring big crowds, so that would that yeah. be fun. Glenbrook South sectional, where I mentioned earlier, all top four seeds all made it through. And, you know, I, a week ago, I said Niles Notre Dame would get through. They take on Evanston. And, I mean, Evanston's regrouped a little bit here. They pounded Glenbrook South, took care of, you know, Niles North in the regional final. I still don't know if we're all trusting the Wildkits at this point. Uh, I. I, I'm going to stick with Niles Notre Dame since I picked them to win the sectional to begin with. I'll stick with them again. I think they've got the size and the length that could cause Evanston some issues, which obviously Evanston lacks. And I got Niles Notre Dame 
winning that game in that in this Tuesday night semifinal. Yeah, it's. I mean, I believe I picked Notre Dame to come out of this one too. They're clearly. They have. They're deep. You know, they're long. They've got the most talent. But the more I look at this, you know, you're right. Evanston, Jekyll and Hyde team last month. Notre Dame's been a Jekyll and Hyde team. You don't know what you're going to get all season. Stevenson, same thing. You know, they, they are playing better. And then there's that Deerfield who nobody wants to totally trust, but they've been a rock right. all season long. So, I mean, I guess. 25 wins, right? 25 and 3. Yeah, you got, you can't. We're probably overlooking them too much, and it would not be a shock. I, we're saying this in all these <laughs> sectionals. That's the way this season is. You would, it would just wouldn't be a shock if they got through. Um, before I forget, Jack Gleason, um, who does the standings and the schedule that we put on the website, goes to a game a night pretty much. He sees a lot of basketball. He undertook a study. <laughs> um, the last 10 years of rankings for the Sun-Times, the Tribune, and Comcast Sportsnet – and this is the most teams ever rank, well, ranked in the last 10 years in one season. 70 teams have been ranked at some point this year. Yeah, I remember, I, I think we went back to the podcast in December or November, and I posed that question, and I, and we, I thought we thought that would happen. Yeah, and I thought and, there might be 80. So I wasn't super surprised by the 70, but yeah, yeah. that's the... Uh, I, I like Stevenson, that other semifinal. I, I just think, even though a lot of the starters have moved on, I, I just think that program has been through so much. Pat Ambrose has been here, done that as a coach. Justin Smith got a feel for it last year, as well as some of the guys that were on the bench. I think Stevenson wins out on that on that alone because of that uh, over Deerfield and then and sets up a Niles Notre Dame Stevenson final on Friday night for me. Nice, yeah, I'm going with Deerfield, Deerfield Notre Dame, which might be kind of fun. I haven't chosen a Friday game yet. Um, let's move on to the uh, Riverside Brookfield sectional, which does not contain Riverside Brookfield, sadly. Um, I was really looking forward to them maybe getting through and having that gym packed full of people i thought it would have been exciting kind of for the sport but it didn't happen we got curie young and kenwood proviso east does whitney young have that big win in him yeah i think they do um I mean, they're sure dangerous they get it. They're, they're 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 very young but for me to you know if you go by the seeds, for them to knock off Curie and Kenwood back to back a little bit too much. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I, I pick Curie to win this sectional. I mean, that's where I'm going tomorrow night. Young played really well in their loss to North Lawndale um, at North Lawndale. That I mean, I mean, they played horribly to the start. Blah, blah, blah. It went back and forth, but I think everyone's convinced of how good North Lawndale is now, and they they played right with them, you know, blow for blow. Um, went into overtime. It was a fun game, and so I, that's kind of the that's the last time I saw Young. That's the taste they've left in my mouth. So I, I think they've got a nice shot. You know, I would not have thought this in December with the way Curie was playing in early January, but something's wrong. We've been saying it on the podcast. You know, Devin Gage hasn't been getting off to good starts. I'm a little concerned about this Curie team. So I wouldn't be shocked if Young beat him. Curie's a clear favorite, and I, I don't see any way Young can beat Curie and Kenwood. Um, right. Maybe they could pull off the first one. Kenwood Proviso East, you got a a hot player right now in Antonio Williams for Proviso East. You, we don't know how big of a boost the return of Donnie Boyce is or or will be. Uh, obviously, it 
paid dividends and he, he's playing more guys and different guys. The rotation is different. Um, some sophomores are getting some serious playing time. That's been the biggest difference to me. A lot of people were talking about this energy and that I didn't surprise we he's played pretty darn hard for said McCullough when I saw them this year. Um, but the rotation has changed and it seems like Donnie trusts a couple of the sophomores more and some of the juniors and it's resulted in them having some more size which they didn't have early. The 6'5", six, 6'4", six, guys getting in. So that's been a bit of a help, and they're going to definitely need that size against Kenwood. Yeah, I, I still got Kenwood. I, I just think the two best teams went out, and I think the two best teams are Kenwood and Curie, and, and, and there's going to be so much on the line for that one because the winner of that can really, really start dreaming about state, a state championship uh, it, it, once you get through this sectional. And the program just gets elevated. Yeah. I mean, you have that sectional win finally. Yeah. I mean, they've, again, I've, we've talked, I've talked about it numerous times over the years. Curie remains the best, most successful program not to have won a, a sectional championship. And Kenwood's kind of new to the scene. But again, it, like you just said, it elevates Kenwood into a different level if they are to get through that sectional and, and get by, not only get through the sectional, but beat. You know, one of the top two or three four A teams that you're going to face in, in the entire route. And we are in the midst of the red hot eighth grade recruiting time in the city. So, <laughs> so, a, so the big wins. Uh, oh yeah, a sectional win for Curie or Kenwood could you know really pay off uh, right now in the spring. I was just at Morgan Park's practice hearing some uh, public league folks talk about all the hot eighth grade rumors. Who's going to go where? <laughs> so that was fun. Also, oh, little known fact here too to go veer off course. Um, Paris Paramore, remember from Washington? Yep. Derek, that's Charlie Moore's brother. Did not know that. No one did. Did I mean that's yeah? That, that's how little we still know about city basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows it, but us. But uh, we'll move on to Bloom here. Uh, Simeon. We talked a little bit about Simeon Marion Catholic on Tuesday. Marion Catholic, I think, is going to have a big crowd. Uh, everybody gets pumped up and juiced up to play Simeon. In this sectional game, especially, you know, I I was a I was high on Mary Catholic all year or all, coming into the year, and and they've been, you know, they've quietly put together a really nice season, and like you said, they have some length, they have some size. Uh, I I just think this comes down to the fact that Simeon's experience in seniors uh, with Zach Norvell and Josh Thomas and. Uh, some of the younger guys from Mary Catholic are really going to have to rise up to the occasion to pull off this upset. No doubt, but I'm, boy, that halftime score just keeps sticking with me. That Brother Rice was beating Simeon at the half. Nah, there's always a scare. Yeah, but that's not. It seems un-Simeon to me. It was and unlike what we'd seen from them the last couple weeks. So it made me wonder. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun one, a real good one. Um, it was last year, the, sec- the two sectional games Simeon had to win. It's fun when Simeon comes down to the south suburbs. I'm looking forward to that. Um, other side, Thornton against Crete Moni, who I'm surprised. You know, I really did think HF was going to be in this game. Um, looks like Tom well, Cree, Cappell you, you talk about a, You talk about a team you can't figure out. I mean, Crete Moni, they have had some bad scores, and then they've had some really good wins. Yeah. And I didn't expect them to beat HF, but... You know, I mean, talent-wise, it doesn't shock you. It doesn't surprise you at all. It's just the inconsistency. And then you go from that to really 
a team that's been very consistent, Thornton. They've only dropped three games all year, got through a tough one with Bloom. And, you know, I, I just think Thornton keeps that role and is going to put a little bit too much pressure on, on Crete Moniz guards. Yeah, and like you were talking about earlier in the podcast, I think Crete's more talented than Thornton. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, man for man, they've got more size. They, they, especially, you know, as far as, like you said, pure talent uh, at the very top, you know, they, they, they've got some, and you're right, they have some size too, but, I, I just think Thornton has something in them uh, that sets them apart. Uh, a little bit of that, uh, that that chemistry, that just that overall team that is going to continue to overachieve until they meet somebody that's clearly more talented than them. I, I just think Thornton takes care of the team that they're pretty much even with. And yes, Crete's probably got a little bit more talent. But they don't run into the te- a team that's way more talented than them until that championship game against Simeon. That's why I got Thornton playing in the final. Sure, that should be two fun ones. Um, East Aurora, I, it's like a little York tournament <laughs> for a while there. Um, so we got what? The top is Bennett against Hinsdale South, which is an interesting game. You know, we've talked about Bennett a lot. Barrett Benson probably has not received the attention he's deserved this season. Uh, I don't think I didn't expect them to be in a sectional semi. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah and, and it is so tough to match up w- with a kid like that at the high school level. And he, he, as you say, he's, he's putting up huge. He's put up huge numbers. You know, they're twenty-two and nine. They don't have great guard play. They'll knock a shot down. But Bennett's really going to – I mean, Bennett's 32 minutes man-to-man. That's what they do. And you have seen Bennett. They don't have any size. So that, to me, is going to be a game of intrigue in terms of just matchups and and altering some things or what they are going to do any way creatively – to offset straight man-to-man against Barrett Benson because that's a huge mismatch for Bennett going into that game. Yeah, Bennett will have to shoot well for sure. Um, Glenbard West and York is the other one. York is a team I have not seen this season. Um, We've seen Glenbard West a lot. We've talked about Glenbard West a lot. They're the clear favorite in this one. Yeah, York mucks it up, though. They, they They make you play ugly. They keep the scores low. I mean, you look at their scores. They beat West Chicago 38-37. They held Naperville North to 40 points. They've done this all year. They play a zone, a little ball press. It, it, it makes things ugly. Now, Glenbard West has the shooting on the perimeter that I think is going to help offset some of that. And then, of course, they've got a, a go-to guy who just continues to put up numbers and Justin Pierce. And, uh, you know, I... You get the feeling there's going to be an upset in this sectional among the top two because they're not dominating teams, but yet I've got, I've got Bennett playing Glenbard West in the in the final. Yeah, I, I think Glenbard. I think York is a good matchup for Glenbard West. I, I think they'll be better served by less possessions. Frankly, um, I, I think they would prefer a mucked up game to a fast paced fun, enjoyable game. I like Justin Pierce and Lombard West to get through that. Very impressed with their run so far. You know, they were able to beat two teams that had beaten them 
previously in the season. Um, so you got to like just their path right now. And that Glenbard West Bennett game could be a pretty good one. Could definitely see that one going either way, but I tend towards Bennett definitely. Yeah, I'm going to go with Bennett. Uh, Lockport, where you know I picked against Manuka. They probably all hate me out in Manuka, but uh, they took care of Bolingbrook. Boy, 49-31 in a regional that I, I thought Bolingbrook might be able to pull off the upset. Now they play an Oswego team that they've beaten twice during the regular season, but the last one towards the end of the season was in overtime. Two rivals close by playing over at Lockport. Uh, I, I'm At this point, I'm going to go back with Manuka uh, to, to get through that one. Yeah, I like Manuka for sure. Um, I covered the the Oswego Manuka game that went to overtime. That was one of those games where no one wanted to run their stuff. They were hiding things from because they knew this matchup was coming. So both teams are kind of ugly and castrated throughout the whole game, and it was a weird one. They came back at the end. Uh, I definitely think Manuka is the clear favorite in this one. They should be able to take that. We'll just let you take the next game. Um. You talk all about it. A horrible yeah. thing has happened <laughs> in the other sectional semifinal. Joliet teams kept winning, and so now they have to face one another. Um, I'm very surprised that they both won. I figured one of them were, was going to lose. And here we are. Joliet West has won both of the matchups, which I have not seen. I can't really watch this game. It tears my heart in pieces. Uh, I might go Wednesday. I'm considering it, but I probably will wuss out and go somewhere else. Uh, Joliet West is much more talented. Um, they're bigger, they're better, but Central as Central also doesn't have their best player. Um, Taquan Sims was dismissed from the team. He he wasn't there for the Lincoln Way Central win though. So apparently the Steelmen have come together, which is a very Steelman like thing to do when you lose your best players to play even better. So they they're riding high. I mean, I don't think anybody thought they were going to beat Lincoln Way Central. You know, they've got some just junkyard dog types that the whole, that's all this team is. They work hard, they fight hard, and it's going to be very difficult for Joliet West to beat them a second time, a third time, especially a Joliet West team that doesn't have the backbone that Central does, frankly, and has dropped some games they really shouldn't have this year. I still don't fully trust this Joliet West team. I don't know if you do, Joe. No, I don't trust them because they, they've just been so wildly inconsistent and sometimes bad. But I I always tend to go back to the shining moment of each team of if I saw that shining moment. And that team, I keep going back to the team I saw in Pontiac and coming out of Pontiac and thinking ahead two months down the road and thinking of this, how do I put it? I just it's a bad sectional. It's probably the weakest 4A sectional in the entire state and I just kept thinking back 2 months ago in December saying, okay, this team if they're like this, if they're playing like this, which they're not playing like that, but if they do play like that, they will cruise in this sectional. So, I'm going with the most talented team. I'm going with Joliet West to beat Joliet Central and to win this sectional just like I did 2 months ago, just like I did when the sectional started, but you're right. It is hard to put your full trust. They just barely got by Nequa Valley. Um, they, they, Plainfield North played them to a five-point game. Uh, I haven't seen Joliet Central since November, so I, you know, I, I take Joliet West Manuka. What kind of crowd will be at Lockport? 
It's oh, Wednesday it, night. It sold out, no doubt. For sure. All oh right. yeah, uh, they're not even selling tickets at the door. Right. Um, that th- that's a it's a tiny little stupid gym. Well, yeah, that's true yeah, too. Yeah, so it's not even going to be close. Um, and I will take exception with these four teams are definitely better than the four at Rock Valley and the four at Fremd. What? Yeah. No way. Manuka and Juliet West have both been ranked for a lot of the year now. Okay, and... I could break down the Manuka thing for you on your on your little black book you pull out and and talk about some bad losses and try to find me some big wins. They beat Juliet Catholic. That was their best. I mean, win. seriously, Mike. Main South. You go. They beat that, Main you, South. Go in that little black book. It, it, it's Main and South and Juliet find Catholic. Some big wins. Don't but, give me Main South, a team you can't stand. No, no, no. But do Come that. On. Do that for me with the Frem teams. Hoffman, no, I, I, Conan, I'm just saying, you Fremd, said clearly they're better. Yeah, they, they Joliet West is better than anyone in the Fremd. Lake Zurich's played better teams. They've got a lot of losses, too. Um, and Manuka is definitely better than Hoffman. And Well, okay, I'm not... Con- Hoffman is... Hoffman. I, yeah, that, that Fremd sectional is in no way clearly better than... But you said Rock Valley. Yeah, I, 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 I think both of them. Rock Valley, yeah, Prairie oh Ridge, St. Charles the, East, and there Jay- is absolutely no way the Rockford sectional is worse than. I'm talking about the four teams left. Yeah, I, I, I don't. You would take Jacobs, Auburn, Prairie Ridge, and St. Charles East over the Joliets, Manuka, and Oswego. Yes. Wow. I would. I, I, yeah. I so mean, you realize that's four teams, wait, three teams that have been ranked. Uh, you, you, you could, you could argue. I've never ranked any because, of those four teams left in Rock Valley. Okay. Well, Joliet West hasn't been ranked for. No, but they have been at some point. Yeah. Joliet, well, I, I, I'm not buying into. But you're buying into Prairie Ridge. The team I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, St. Charles East, I think would beat. If you broke this down, I think St. Charles East would beat for sure three of the four teams in the sectional. Without question. I think Jacobs beats three of the four teams in the sectional. Oh, my gosh. Wow. No way. No I way. Do. I don't think Jacobs could beat any of them. I, I'm i just saying I saw Manuka last week and I saw Jacobs last week. And they're, they're, it, Jacobs beats that team. I mean, Jacobs just beat a really good DeKalb team. It's true. That's a nice one. Really good. Uh, I, you can't find one win from Anuka. You can't on their schedule. They and, beat and you're Maine, the, and Maine you're the, South and Philly Catholic. And you are the guy that always talks about big wins matter. Yeah, but Jacobs, you, Jacobs doesn't have a big quote, win. Prairie Ridge doesn't have a big win. Your quote, who have they beaten? I just told Manuka, sorry, Jolie Catholic and Maine, Maine South. Jolie Catholic, we both lost in regionals. But they've been ranked this year. They have some decent talent. Prairie Ridge has beaten no one. You made a mistake ranking Jolie. You'd rank Jolie Catholic? Yeah, they got in at 25, I believe. When, uh... You also rank Great Grays Lake North, so I can say a big win there, too. So I, I'm just going by the eye test, watching the teams play in the last two weeks. Boom, done. Jacobs beating Larkin was a very, was a very good game, and then knocking off DeKalb. I mean, I and they have the, by far the most dominating player. I mean, Joliet Central beat HF this year. None of these teams in the Rock Valley sectional could come close to that. Oh, I, I I'm not buying Joliet Central either, but 
Oh well. Malik Fuller would destroy Cameron Crowig. All right, let's There's go. My Joliet bias, but yeah, don't call this the worst sectional in the. Uh, I mean, oh, I th- uh, it for sure is the worst. When from top well, to bottom. yeah, yeah, that's I agree with that. That fine, fair enough, and maybe not as much as the whatever. But the final four, no way. Um, I, 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 you can argue because Hoffman Estates isn't that, that, and you can argue that one. But I'll, I'll, I'm going by what I saw in the last week. And you still don't like Manuka, huh? I mean, they're a gritty little gutty team that finds ways to win games, but. Mike, they haven't played any. They, they, you're, they, they, they shouldn't even have beaten Romeoville. Well, but they did. Oh, I know, but I mean, it was giving it to them. They were, they were given the game, and that's fine. I mean, you, you take the breaks and you run with it. But uh, two awful calls helped them, and and Manuka survived. And I, and I like the story. I think, and and they got a, a winner, an absolute winner on that team in Butler. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, in a season uh, like this, that's the type of kid. That, as you can see, takes you far. Um, but I just don't. I don't think they've beaten anybody all year. But all right, the, the young, you only beat the teams. I think you need to go see Prairie Ridge <laughs> since you think they're better than everybody. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, if the, I, I'm just saying. I, I saw Jacobs, and if Prairie Ridge beat Jacobs by twenty, then then I like Prairie Ridge. All right, because Jacobs looked really good. Uh, in that regional, that, and that's four I mean, uh, A for us. Yeah, now it's three A. Um. You want you want to just pretend it doesn't exist until a state? Well, yeah, I, I know what I usually do. Get to the <laughs> final four of three A. I'd be excited. No, I mean Saint Lawrence, Lawrence is good. Sectional yeah. was not bad. Yeah. I mean, you got, but again, some games. Bogan vocational. I, I just don't like when. Red South games occur and yeah, that's going to be a weird one um, for sure. I Bogan talk about a team that hasn't done much to prove itself this year. It's lofty ranking. It's been a weird team. Yeah, weird year. We've talked about this again, but they they they've been ranked all year. They've been up high. They we've talked about them, but yet there hasn't been that much to talk about. If that makes sense. No, and you know what their big win is. Which is looking more and more iffy every day, St. Joe's. You know that's the win that's kept them up there, even though they've lost a lot of these Red South things. They also took Fenwick, I believe. To and wasn't that a third place game? Double overtime. Yeah, um, it was the uh, the Joe's game. So it, there isn't a big hang your hat win for Bogan. You know they did beat Vocational, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bogan was a mirage. I guess I'll put it that way. We'll see what they can do. You picking um, vocational? I think I am. Yeah. Um, I think I will. Yeah, I'll go with vocational. What were their scores? I don't remember. Were they, uh, were they... The second one was bad. First one, hold on. I got it. 60 to 50 and then 79 to 44. Ooh. Yep. 79 to 44? Yep. That score alone, I can't pick them. I want to go Chris Pickett's boys, but I'm going to go Bogan. Uh... I, they get another shot at Morgan Park, who's ended their season. Yes, I'm saying Morgan Park's beat Mount Carmel. As much as I like Mount Carmel, I, I, I think I've liked them a little bit more than other people. A nice win over Hyde Park. Christian Peavy and Jake Rohde are, are, are two really good high school basketball players who have big senior years. But that Mark, Mount Carmel guard uh, pressure is going to 
you know, wreak some havoc on, on Mount Carmel. Uh, so I'm Mount Carmel over Bogan again. Yeah. Oh, uh, breaking news. I was just at Morgan park tonight. Um, change in the starting lineup. Jamal Burton has lost his spot to guess who? I don't know. Mellow Burrell. Mm. Uh, Burrell had been playing well at the end of the yeah. year. Um, and the reason for kind of the, maybe the two losses to Simeon, the rebounding, Morgan Park had lost that, you know, crazed man hitting the boards thing that they've. Yeah, I, they've I haven't used. seen really that much rebound. I mean, I, I, I've thought it was a weakness all year long against certain teams. And, but. Their numbers were great early when they were playing well, but the last month they've not been. But Morgan Park is just, they're just too talented for all these teams. I mean, Charlie Moore alone is a huge advantage for Morgan Park. But, I mean, you think Morgan Park, Mont Carmel's close? Yeah, I think it'll be close, but I'm talking maybe 10, yeah. 15. I don't think they'll blow them out. I think Mike Flair yeah, I, I, or something. Yeah, but, 10, yeah. 12, 15-point win. Uh, Streeter. Then, uh, Streeter, uh, Hillcrest Plano. Um, I know nothing about Plano. The line was set. I think yeah. it was set at twenty three and a half. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take Hillcrest, uh, given the points. Yeah, I think Hillcrest already got through maybe their toughest test in this sectional. Rich South. Yeah, and, and even oh, the well, Lincoln Way West is your team, man. They are. They're going to have their hands full with Piatone, and I think Marcus Garrett. Uh, what do you call Marco, it? Marco Petnato sectional Marco. final. Be fun yes. stuff. Two great juniors, underrated. Uh, yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, so th- that'd be great. I'd really enjoy that game. Oh, uh, I will not be making the trek to, to Streeter. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. <laughs> that stinks. Hillcrest, if Hillcrest is playing Lincoln Way West in Streeter, there's another example of ugh. that's three A hoops, four class system. Uh, but yeah, I don't know any. I don't know much about Piatone, but I'm taking Lincoln Way West. Yeah, I don't know even enough to pick that. I mean, Piatone has had a really good season. Yeah. Twenty three and six, I think. You know, the losses I believe are to the Reed Custer team who plays that cool Grinnell style. So I think that might be a a fight. Um It's out of the area, Mike, with the Peoria sectional. Bloomington, LaSalle, Peru, Metamora, and Peoria Manual. There's four teams with some outstanding records and have beaten some good teams to get there. I mean, Peoria Manual had to beat Washington. Uh, LaSalle, Peru had to beat Isaiah Roby and Dixon, and then Bloomington knocked off Galesburg. Bloomington is just a, a, a big story in that you lose your best player with about three weeks left in the season in Charles Payton, and you go on a tear. And all of a sudden, now you're playing. They're, they're going to be favored against LaSalle, Peru, and could make it to the sectional final and with, with, with their best player having, having left the team. Just like the Steelman. Woodstock North sectional. A pro I'm gonna say of all the sectionals in three A or four A, this sectional has the biggest favorite. Rockford Boylan is a huge favorite. Um they play Caneland in a semifinal with Glenbard South and Belvedere in the other semifinal. Goodness. Boylan won't 
I, I'd be shocked if they have any close games in these two games. Yeah, the beating Marion Central Catholic and Pishke was probably the uh, toughest thing they'll have to do. And they beat them by 20. Yeah. Uh, Westinghouse, top four seeds, all made it through there, I believe. Yeah, yeah this is an exciting one. I like this sectional. Um, I like it because it's got some good matchups. you got Public League versus Catholic League, Fenwick and Farragut, in the one semifinal, North Lawndale and St. Joe's. I, I mean, I, I don't see any reason to go against what I thought was going to happen, which this has played out exactly how I thought it would, and I don't see any reason why Fenwick isn't playing North Lawndale in what should be a terrific a Fenwick North Lawndale sectional final at Westinghouse should be a terrific matchup. No doubt about it. The only way it goes weird is if things get weird because of the venue and the officiating, which is entirely possible. Um, things went really weird for St. Joe's in the uh, Phillips game, from what I hear. Um, Big Nick fouled out. There was all kinds of drama. They barely got by Phillips. Right. Um, so we'll see if it sounds like things are weird around St. Joe's right now. And I don't think that's a good sign when you're going to play North Lawndale. Well, and I just, they're, they're North Lawndale's perimeter players, Matt, St. Joe's plays some young guys and in the backcourt. I mean, Nick Rakosevich has been surrounded by, I mean, they're not inexperienced now because they got a year under their belt of playing, but he's kind of been the anchor and he needs to dominate this game. And North Lawndale does have a presence in Lowry that 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 will give Nick some issues. I think not not stop him, but uh, at least create some formidable uh, defense of the you know one of the top big men in the state. And then North Lawndale's guards, I just think, will will be the difference in this. Is Fen would Fenwick North Lawndale be your best sectional final game? Uh, Too highest ranked, I think. Yeah, I mean, Thornton Simeon would be fun just because of the names and the location. I think you throw everything together with the atmosphere and everything. Um, those are the two best, I think, if they if they materialize. But as far as the two best teams facing each other, yeah, probably North Lawndale, yeah, North Lawndale Fenwick. And and just a five minute drive from my house. I'm a lucky guy. I mean, Fenwick yeah. is that where you go Friday if it, if it plays out? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, I think so. Um, I wouldn't if Joe's wins. I won't go. I'm really. I've seen Joe's and Fenwick too many times this year. Um, yeah, I've I've made a commitment that I've seen Fenwick so many times. I'm gonna wait to see him. And I feel it, the same it, way, but I I couldn't probably super. resist it. You know, it's it have the most city interest probably. It's right there, so yeah, it'd be tough. Um, then always my favorite sectional, Ridgewood. I love the North Suburban 3A sectional every year. Ridgewood's a cool gym, at least. We got that going for us. Yeah, won't be there. But uh, you said St. Pat's in the beginning. I said North Chicago in the beginning. St. Pat's has pounded their opponents. So let's check these scores out. 78-37. And then eighty-seven to forty-four, uh, and the team they play now, Antioch, lost to the team that St. Patrick beat, eighty-seven to forty-four in Wakanda. So St. Patrick is definitely the favorite. Uh, North Chicago, you know, 
I, I can't say I know anything about I don't I don't know much about Ridgewood at all. Um, I saw them. I've seen all these teams <laughs> I have except not for seen, Antioch. I haven't seen Ridgewood um, for Antioch. First, uh, the the St. Pat's team, I was very impressed um, when I went to see them. You know, they've got a lot of guys who can play. Lawrence Merritt comes to mind. Good, talented junior guard. They're young though, so they might be a year away. But it looks like they've come together nicely. Um, Ridgewood has. It surprises me, you know. They're, they're capable. They they had a, had a lead guard that can really score. I think that's going to be a fun game, the North Chicago Ridgewood one. I think North Chicago has way that that style. Their style is going to be a little too frantic for Ridgewood, most likely. Is <coughs> North Chicago the only team that had a winning record when the when the sectional started? Uh, did Pat Pat's didn't? No, they're fifteen and fourteen right now. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm looking up. There's, yeah, yeah. Wow. Three A hoops, baby. Yeah. What did What did Ridgewood finish? Let me check. Uh, uh, sixteen and twelve. So they might. They would have been. Oh yeah, they got yeah. two wins. So they, yeah, they were a capable, you know, average-ish team when I saw them. It wasn't. Um, that's a ringing endorsement. They weren't bad, you know. You see a lot of teams they're they average. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. But listeners, that's how hard I've worked this year. I've seen all these teams except for Antioch. I have not seen Antioch. You, you had to because, I mean, Pat's and Ridgewood, North Chicago, they're right there with everybody. We're finding out now. Um, uh, this Highland, Taylorville. I don't know. <laughs> Belleville Altoff. Yeah, Belleville. Which um, although, although Belleville Altoff Centralia, that that's going to be a game in the far southern part of the state. That's 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 not going to be a cakewalk. And, Belleville uh, Altoff got nationally ranked today. Well, they, Max Preps has a minute number twenty four. When is the last time a non Chicago area team was nationally ranked? I'm Livingston doing a thing. <laughs> oh, for sure, that team, but... What uh, sense? Yeah, I don't know. In the southern part of the state, Eel Fallon teams were never ranked. No, I mean, I, it's, uh, it was kind of a landmark moment, I thought. Um, Oxford Auburn never ranked. Peoria schools have been <laughs> down. Yeah. Uh, the other sectional, Taylorville. I think the championship game is the semifinal, Springfield, Lanfear, Champaign Central. Champaign Central's been hot, hasn't lost since they lost to Kenwood in January. And then Springfield Lanfear with Xavier Bishop. Um, I'm going to take Lanfear in that one. Sounds good to me. So we'll be down to Super Sectionals for next podcast. Yeah, we've also got, we got some two-way stuff happening. Hales and Orr. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Milton Wardlow from Hales. Just heard some more good things tonight from some of the people at Morgan Park about him. Uh, it sounds like that game might be closer than I originally thought. That should be a good one uh, as far as 2A stuff goes. Does Orr right now, does Orr win 2A? It seems like it. It seems like maybe this Hales thing might be their toughest test. I mean, Orr is really good. I mean, Raekwon Drake has just... He, he took a, some games off. I think that month off almost really helped him. He's had tendonitis in his knees because it sounds like he's been an absolute monster in the playoffs so far. And I think he's really establishing himself as, I mean, is there a more productive sophomore? 
in the state? Well, Finky puts up big numbers. I but saw Finky. He doesn't do what he hits threes. Well, I'm just saying productive. Yeah, but yeah, you've got Aurora Christian. If they can, I don't know anything about Taylor Ridge Rockridge. I've seen Aurora Christian twice. I kind of like them. Oh wow. Uh, although they're not going to be or, you know, that would be a a monumental two way upset in the semifinals if they were to meet. But uh, yeah, I think Raekwon Drake's setting himself up to maybe become a real superstar if he brings home a state title as a sophomore, um, and and throws down some of the dunks I've seen him throw down. If he does that at Peoria uh, on Saturday, he could be a um, approaching household name stuff at least in the city uh, for sure. Actually, that might have been I might have seen St. Joe's biggest win when they beat Orr. Yeah, that was definitely their biggest win, no doubt. Yeah, Orr did not look. It was at Joe's, and it was the yeah. night after they'd just played, I believe. Who, uh, or? Yeah, because I had seen them the night before. Yeah, it was a Saturday night. but uh, Yeah, um, which means Joe's had probably played the night before <laughs> as well. But All right, we're getting a little longer. We can wrap this up. But we will have a 1A and 2A champion. Uh, Leo's the Chicago area's hope in 1A, uh, along with Newark. So it, we'll have those crowned by the time we hitch up next time, and it'll be a, a super sectional look ahead and it's the exciting time of year thanks for listening everybody mm-hmm.